Welcome back to Netflix and Kill, the podcast dedicated to reviewing and documenting the horror films of Netflix. I'm Kai. I'm Marty. I'm Han. And we have a guest joining us today. Yes! Hi there, guys. I'm Callie. Hello. Hi, Callie. Uh, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about what you do? Um, well... I am a costume designer by trade, so film and theatrical costuming is my game. Be unemployed because of COVID, but you know that's how life goes. Yeah, mood. That's, You're yeah, not alone in that. It's, it's an unfortunate time to be in the film and/or theater industry. Yep. <laughs> but I've seen like your designs in action, and they slap. They are amazing. Yeah, Aww, we, we've worked on a lot of films together, and mm-hmm. you're always my go-to, because you know what you're doing. <laughs> also, you have impeccable taste in film and media. Um, you, you are, like, one of the first people I met at college who had also watched all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, Buffy. Which will Is come in... What? Is this just how Hannah makes friends? Like, oh, yes. you've seen Buffy? Okay, you're a good... You're a good person. <laughs> you have you seen joke, vampire-based media. I love you now. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that is that is the easiest way to make friends with me. It's like you like Buffy. Okay, we're friends. That's valid. I mean, you and I became friends because we both liked Mad Max. So I guess that yeah. that does track. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, what else do people become friends over? I genuinely want to know because I have no idea. Um, Honestly, I feel like bonding over media is just, like, the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know how to make friends otherwise, because, yeah. Hell, I met you because you were wearing a What We Do in the Shadows t-shirt, and I was like, oh, that shirt. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was, that was my get in with the cool crowd. You say cool crowd like I wasn't just coming out of the blue with, like, one friend yeah. going, hello! <laughs> okay, it was super funny, though, because I'm just, like, I was just, like, standing there waiting for the, the bus that was going to take us downtown for that thing. And you just walk up and you go, is that a what we do in the shadow shirt? And I was like, what? Uh, yes? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then it was just, like, the scene in Step Brothers. We just become best friends. You and go do karate in the garage. <laughs> and then we did. And that's how it's been with, like, most of the friends I've met. Like, we have one thing in common, and then it just snowballs into, oh, you like this, too. Oh, you like this, too. Like, Callie. Okay, so Callie um, is my theater grand big, and I had no idea that... Um, she and my theater big also loved Repo the Genetic Opera, so it was just, like, another layer on the cake that was our our bond, and, like, now it's become a gourmet meal with all of my friends, and it's just become one big hodgepodge of love and amazing, fun media bonding. So, yay! Yeah, that's a good story. Um, I think... I can't remember who I watched it with for the first time, but it was definitely, like, either all three of you or a mixture of some of you... I think um, I remember, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but my theater big was actually doing a production, a brief production of um, Repo for their class, and I was watching it to kind of re revisit the media and, like, get back into it because I was going to be Shiloh, and I think I asked you guys if you wanted to sit and watch with me. 
Yeah, I that's think right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and Callie, you've been in some productions of Repo too. Yep. Shadowcasts while I was in high school, I've been Shiloh, Pavi, and why is it not coming to me? I literally told you guys this earlier. Grave Robber? Grave Robber, thank you. Yeah. Which was uh. the funnest? Um, I think while I love all of them, and honestly, Grave Robber would be my favorite if Pavi weren't so campy. Yes. <laughs> Poppy just has this chaotic energy that I love getting to exude. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking that. So much sense. It's a perfect! So, for those who haven't listened to our most recent episodes, I'll give a quick intro. We are doing a musical theme for the month of June, where we talk about horror musicals. Uh, we talked about Rocky Horror Picture Show and Little Shop of Horrors. This week we are talking about Repo, the genetic opera, which is probably lesser known than the other two, but this is my personal favorite <laughs> horror musical, and it's just really great. It's really campy, and one of you guys said this, what did you say exactly? It, it marries the goth and Victorian aesthetics- it's- it's like cyberpunk meets Victorian goth meets Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so accurate. But it is actually, like, a legitimate opera. Like, it's a legit just opera. I was just going to say, it's so creative in so many ways. There is nothing quite like this this rock and roll goth emo opera that's, like, made by the director of Saw 2. And y- Yep. <laughs> Like, the composer is in it, and his voice is like... I know Callie and I kept going off about how hot his voice is. It is, I mean, he's though. Got a, he's got a great voice, and his uh, get-up in that in this movie is just amazing, too. Like, he's wearing, like, this fur coat, and, like, he's got this really long hair, and the black lipstick and eyeliner, and it's just like, damn. <laughs> do I want to yeah. mm-hmm. oh, yeah. date you, or do I want to be you, you know? <laughs> Ugh, I, I would love both. Yeah. Yeah, right? I would love to be, like, if I could sing at all, I would love to be the grave robber in a production yeah. of Repo. He's, he's got the best song, like. <laughs> oh, Honestly, boy. I feel like all of his songs are just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't tell if it's, like, him or if it's the music, because I've never heard anyone else sing this role. Yeah, it would be hard to imagine anyone else in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll do a brief summary of the plot real fast for those who are unfamiliar with this movie. Um, Repo, the genetic opera, takes place in a post-apocalyptic sort of future where um, humanity has suffered from this like catastrophic organ failure that just kind of a lot of people started suffering from, and a company called Geneco rose up and created this way for you to rent organs that you need, um, and you have to give them monthly payments, and if you can't keep up with your payments, then they'll send a repo man to collect your organs back, which is just as bloody and painful as it sounds. Um, 
some people also just use this for like cosmetic stuff they give themselves like surgery or you know there's a lady in the movie who gave herself a boob job and all sorts of stuff there's a grave robber who robs graves and steals there's like a chemical called zydrate that is a painkiller during surgery but a lot of people are addicted to it so he takes that from dead bodies um the the main characters are the Repo Man and his daughter Shiloh, and she does. Uh, Shiloh suffers from a blood disease, so she can't go outside. She doesn't know that her dad is a Repo Man, and it's like a big secret. And this movie follows their kind of family <laughs> melodrama, for lack <laughs> of a better word. Yeah. It's honestly crazy that they spend so much time building this very intricate and unique world, and then focus on, like, a very interpersonal drama within that world yeah yeah (laughs) it's easy to imagine like i would love to see a sequel at some point like telling another story in this world because i feel like it's i could see it being something like mad max where you Mm. can just kind of like i don't know maybe it follows the grave robber like as a mad max type figure and tells a bunch of different stories about different people that'd be interesting we yeah, never really get to see the perspective of the people who are, like, being hunted down by the Repo Man or what, like, circumstances led them to need organs and need to pay back people for their organs. Like, it's mostly following, like, the rich and the powerful and the people yeah. who are connected to them. Like, like an opera, you know? Most of yeah, the stories yeah. back then weren't about the lower class until La Boheme showed up. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, the closest we get... So having that perspective is probably Mag, who was um, the Repo Man's best friend when they were young. So Shiloh's mom is dead, because, of course, tragic dead mom backstory. And Mag was really good friends with them. She was blind at one point, and then Jeanco gave her eyes so that she can see, and she's a very famous opera singer. And when her contact when her contract ends with Jeanco, they're going to reclaim her eyes because they don't want her to speak out against them and ruin their reputation. And so it's a big conflict. Yep, gotta love that capitalistic corruption. <laughs> yeah, <We> gotta. <laughs> uh, another one of these stories. Hmm. It's almost <laughs> as if we have a theme here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you guys have a favorite character? Oh, I don't know if I would say favorite, but I thought it was the goofiest, and that was, uh, um, I don't remember his name. If you say Bill Mosley. Yeah! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Luigi. He's Mr. Can't Keep His character. Shirt On, Mosley. It, it, it's just the <laughs> dumbest thing ever, watching him try to sing, because he, he can't sing. But he's been in so many other horror movies that it's just like, it might as well be here. <laughs> you you want a hint to his, his character's name? Yes. It's fucking Mario's brother from Super Smash Bros. <laughs> oh, fuck. His name is Luigi, isn't it's it? It's Luigi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot they're like super Italian. <laughs> yeah, opera, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, Except Amber. Yeah. That's true. Which, she changed her name. But technically, yeah. she comes from, like, an Italian family. Mm-hmm. But. Eh. No, I'm just imagining Lady Gaga her name was. in this role. Yes. I'm Italian. I'm Italian. 
Lady Gaga um, would be good in that role. Except she would be. Except for the, the fact that she's too good of a singer and Amber's yeah. supposed to be a bad singer. I mean, it's really funny to me how they have Roti being played by like an actual operatic singer and then he's got three stupid kids who can't sing to save their life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is one That's thing kind of great, I though. There are a lot of quote unquote bad singing performances in Repo, but it's all intentional and none of it is done by the characters who need to have good singing. The only character I could see going back and forth on the quality is um, Shiloh, but like for me it's okay because the character is kind of written to be that teen angst kind of whiny stage of life of like, nothing is fair! Why can't I go outside? So like, yeah. I'm fine mm-hmm. with it. I think she's I think she's selling it. Yeah. Yeah. I think- I think my actual favorite character, though, is probably either the Grave Robber or the Repo Man. Oh, so good. Because I love both of them. And I don't mean mm-hmm. to shame you of your choice of Luigi, no, because, like, the, no, this movie not, is enhanced by his presence. He's not my presence. favorite. I just think he's fucking funny <laughs> as hell. Yeah. He is definitely funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have him, like, sitting at the end, and he's just eating chips out of a bag. <laughs> 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 it's just the funniest thing to me. You should probably give some context because, like, when you just say that, like, I can imagine someone who hasn't seen this movie just be like, what? Like, eating chips out of a bag? That's not funny. He's literally surrounded by carnage after watching this huge drama play out on stage between father and daughter and, like, Mag kills herself and there's all this dramatic stuff happening and he's just there eating chips well okay so technically mag doesn't kill herself she gouges her eyes out but then Rody like cuts her, like the cords that are holding her up on stage and so she dies because she falls on some spikes i do yeah. think she kind of knows that's the consequence for her actions though yeah 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 um and then there's like you know they shot the repo man and so he's bleeding out, and then they just pan over to Bill Mosley, and he's eating chips. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I might. Uh, is it cool if I detail the ending? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay, so there's this thing called the Genetic Opera that Gene co-hosts as kind of a big publicity stunt to say, "Look at us! Look how good we're doing for the community." And uh, please, anyone, feel free to step in and correct me if I miss uh, something, because I know Cal, you're really good on the lore of Repo. Um. Whoa. Okay, so yeah, they have a big genetic opera where Mags is going to do her final performance before her contract is up with Gene Co., and then they repossess her eyes. And Roddy tells um, Nathan, who is played by Anthony Stewart Head, that he has to take her eyes, and, she's, and he says no, because she was my wife's best friend, and I am sentimental. And then Mags comes and meets Shiloh, who is being kept at her house by her dad, um, and says, I'm your godmom. And then Shiloh's like, what? We can't let you die. And then they all kind of meet at the opera. And through some trickery, Roddy tricks Shiloh into thinking that her dad killed Mags. And then Roddy kind of stages it so... Well, then Mags does a final song where she sings this beautiful Italian song. And she says, if you want these eyes... Oh, oh no, wait. If Jean Co. wants to take my eyes, I would rather be blind. Or something along those lines. And she pokes her own eyes out, and then Jean Co. kills her, essentially. Then, 
Roddy puts all the characters on stage, uh, Shiloh and Nathan, and he tells Shiloh, you can have my entire company because my kids are dumb as shit, Um, (laughs) but you have to kill your dad to do so. And Shiloh says, no. So Roddy kills Nathan and they have, uh, Nathan and Shiloh has this beautiful song together before Nathan dies. And then Shiloh says, fuck all y'all, I'm out. And then the movie ends. And Amber, who is one of Roddy's kids who is addicted to surgery, ends up inheriting Gene Co. And it's kind of implied that the cycle goes on and on. And then Bill mostly eats chips. <laughs> and then Bill mostly eats <laughs> chips. Yes. That's the most um, important part of the whole movie. No, I'm kidding. And in addition to, yeah, so Roddy has three kids. <laughs> Luigi, who is Bill Mosley, who's like, a, he's got some serious anger problems. He loves to stab people. Um, and then there's Pavi, which, Callie, you want to explain Pavi's deal? Because I'm too scared to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, That's fair. <laughs> so Pavi is the sort of feminine sibling. He's... How do I put this? He is two faced, but um, cha. <laughs> <laughs> so he has so much fucked up. He has fucked up his face so badly that he just pretty much has a face stapled onto his face. He kills women and takes their faces, essentially, and just wears women's faces. That's kind of his whole thing. He also might have an incest thing with his siblings. It's weird. Not 100% sure on that. But I definitely get incest murder vibes from all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I think that's kind of the point because they're so fucked up. But. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like the incestuous three stooges. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the, the incestuous murderous three stooges. Yes. That's the tagline. True. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna I, have to put that in our episode description. I'm I'm thinking of <laughs> the song, the first song that they sing together, and how Luigi has a line about "I see a hole, I fuck it, and if there isn't one, I'll make one." And he pulls out a knife, and then this lady trips over a brain, and <laughs> yeah, their whole entourage. Is weird. So. The third sibling is um, uh, Amber, Amber, played sweet. by Paris Hilton, and Which she's is- addicted to surgery <laughs> and constantly so- changing how she looks. The- um, at the end of the movie, her face falls off because she had too much surgery. Oh. <laughs> and the- uh, It's a whole so Marie pretty. Antoinette thing. Yeah. The, the, the uh, variety of casting in this movie is insane to me. Yeah. Because you have Bill Mosley, renowned horror actor, actual operatic singers, and then you have Alexa Vega from Spy Kids, <laughs> and, and Giles from Buffy. Head. Yeah, Anthony Stewart had an acclaimed Paris rock singer, <laughs> um, and then Sarah Brighton in the original Christine Die in Phantom of the Opera, former wife of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Why are there so many random people? It feels totally random because, like, there's no way they got all of these people in the same room, and yet somehow they did. Like, how? (laughs) Also, I don't know if you guys know this, Pavi is played by Nivek Ogre, who is a famous musician in the band Skinny Puppy. 
gosh. I did not. I've only known him from the other, um, oh god, what is the director's, or, uh, not director's, the writer's name again, uh, Terrence. Terrence Z- Z- Zadunich. Yeah, Terrence Zadunich. Yeah. I've I've seen him in other Terrence Zadunich projects because he's the lizard yeah, man in he's... Devil's Carnival. Yeah, yeah. I like his voice actually. <laughs> he doesn't. He's... Honestly, yeah. Yeah. He's doing like a really campy performance in this movie, but like when he, yeah. I can believe that he's a great musician. They probably told him to sing bad so that it would feel better with the other two who also sing look bad. when you're told to sing my brother and sister should fuck what the fuck else are you supposed to do other than camp yeah. it the hell up yeah that's very true <laughs> yeah but that makes sense um so the i do want to say something about like the casting of paris hilton so i was oh, what year did this come out like 2008 right yeah around that okay yeah so like i was still basically a little kid at that point and um i did not really know or understand who paris hilton was and like at this point in time her fame has kind of died down but apparently like just listening to a lot of podcasts recently about movies she was in apparently she was just like so hated at that time period it was because she um, was on TV a lot because she had her own reality show, I think. Um, well, I, I've they- heard, and Callie, I don't know, you might know this. Um, I heard she was a little strange to work with from what Ter- Terrence Zudich described. Yeah. In terms of, like, just kind of doing whatever she wanted. Yeah, I think at that point she had achieved such stardom simply based around the fact that she's an heiress, not really so much for actually doing anything, but just being an heiress and living life and being in the tabloids Mm. at the time. So she had reached such high levels of stardom that she kind of could do whatever she wanted. Like, at a certain point you reach that level of stardom and... You just act that way. Mm-hmm. So she basically what- was her character from this movie. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it's kind of like she was like the proto-Kardashian. Where it's like, I don't know why okay. they're famous. Yeah. I know they're everywhere. And like, if they were in a movie, I would be like, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's pretty that, much the, the Also, thing. I do have a fun fact about Paris Hilton for this movie. All right. She actually won a Razzie for Worst Supporting Actress for this film. For this film? For this film. Huh. See, that's strange I don't think she did it. Why, like, I would say her performance is, like, the same, like, it matches the tone of the film. Yeah, I don't think it was that bad. I just think, like, I mean, like, for the characters, I feel like she did a pretty fine job, so. Yeah, I'm fi- I'm having an internal fight because I truly don't like her voice. But also, yeah. she's like, she it fits the character. So, like, I'm not that mad about it. And plus, like, it was kind of smart casting because, like, Everyone kind of knows the stuff associated with Paris Hilton being, like, fame, paparazzi, a certain level of vanity that may or not be true. I don't know enough about her to confirm whether or not it's true. I'm just saying that's, like, a stereotype that was put on her. Um, But Mm -hmm. that kind of translates to this character. 
So it yeah. ends up, and like sex is a little big thing because I think she had a, a, a like she's very she's 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 pretty she's pretty and she's like I'm pretty look at all my wigs. That's my favorite thing is every time they say she has surgery, she just changes her wig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they change yeah, her wig much. and put like just a tad more prosthetic makeup on her. <laughs> yeah, it's like here, have some longer <laughs> lashes, have a wig, you're done. That's kind of great, though. Yeah, because <laughs> I've heard uh, through the grapevine that Amber Sweet is addicted to the knife. Addicted to the knife. Addicted to the knife. Thank you for playing along with my delusions. No, it's wonderful, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, oh, what that's a- one of the better one of the Oh, so you guys it's- didn't ever finish talking about your favorite characters though. Oh god, I have no idea. Honestly, probably just because Buffy the Vampire Slayer shaped me. I do think Anthony Stewart Head is giving the best acting performance in the movie, um, playing the repo man. Um, and his voice is the one that always like brings me back into this like like, there's a lot of cheesy and campiness, but his voice always, like, makes me take the movie more seriously. Um, so I, I think uh, the Repo Man is my favorite. Yeah, he has a really, really, really good voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And throwback, he played Frankenfurter, which is on YouTube, which I highly recommend going to watch, because it is a treat yes. hearing him sing Franken- hearing him sw- sing Sweet Transvestite. I you showed me that video before, and it's one of my favorite things he's ever done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Callie, your turn. Okay, so I may be very biased here, simply because I've met Terrence Zadunich a few times. A few times? Nice. <laughs> so to clarify that, so for Repo, the Devil's Carnival, and Alleluia, the Devil's Carnival, they've done tours of the films. And different members of the casts of the films will come along on different stops in the tours. But Terrence and Darren or Terrence and Sar Hendelman will go on the tours for every single stop. So I've been to a tour for Repo and both the first and second Devil's Carnival tours. So I've met Terrence three or four different times now and actually kissed him on the cheek once. <gasps> oh That's my god. You That's lived so a fantasy cute. right there. <laughs> Wonderful. But yes, so I am a bit biased because I love Terrence to death, but I think Grave Robber to this day is still one of my favorite characters in Repo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. Because he, he's, he's a great narrative narrative character yes he's just got such swagger he does he just has like the the best aesthetic um yeah i would say the grave robber is probably my favorite but i do really like mag also i think that her character arc is really good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure yes one thing i think someone pointed out to me is that the women in this um movie actually do have their own they each have their own individual arcs that don't involve romance and involve some sort of self-empowerment even freaking amber sweet yeah yeah yeah. i think you're correct on that there's no romance in this whatsoever unless you count whatever the fuck's going on with the sibling (laughs) or the i guess the dead mom but like that's before yeah that's backstory yeah yeah i wouldn't count that as like actual part of the ongoing story 
just because, yeah, it was told mostly in comic format. <laughs> yeah, the only kind of, they do, I don't know if it's, it's more dead mom backstory fridging, that's probably the most, like, tropey they go, but, like, eh, I'm, I'm willing to forgive it because it's so prevalent that I, I don't hold it against Repo personally. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Going off of my last question, I also want to ask everyone what their favorite song is. There are a lot of really good choices. Oh. The one that gets me headbanging the most is the Zydrate song. Of course. It's so catchy and it's just so fun to sing along to. I just, I don't even know. It's... It's silly, but I love it, and I feel, I'm fangirling right now thinking about how happy I am when I hear them go, Zydrate comes in a little glass vial. A little glass vial? A little glass vial. vial. And it's just, it's, the (laughs) rhythm is so much fun. If I had to pick, like, song that I'm, like, most impressed by the singing, I really like Night Surgeon, um, because it's, like, the two, um lead singers of Roddy and um, Nathan, like, doing a duet that leads into him having this big building rock and roll number where he dismembers a guy and Anthony Stewart Head hits all the high notes and it's awesome. But also, yes. like, mm-hmm. come on, Zydrake comes in a little while, glitter glass file and Amber Sweet is addicted to the knife and Meg's <laughs> contract's got some mighty fine print. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I'm right there with you. Zydrate Anatomy is my favorite in the film. Mine too. I don't know if y'all have listened to any of the cut songs, though. I have. I have. Needle Through a Bug yeah. is my favorites. That was really good. That one's really good. I would also like to give a shout out to Seventeen because it has some of my favorite, like, <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> teenage angst moments. Like, hey! You cannot control me, father. Daddy's girl's a fucking monster. Joan Jett shows up in her bedroom and plays a guitar solo. Like, Joan Jett is in this movie. This is what we mean when we're saying it's the most random cast of people. She's not even a character. She just shows up to, like, provide, like, guitar support. Yes. For okay, but I feel like half of that song is just them cutting to Joan Jett. Yeah, it is! Valid, it really though. is. They're just like, well, we have her for like two seconds. Um, let's get her in as many shots as possible with this puppet hippo. Yes, and there's like a skeleton dancing in the corner. And Anthony Stewart Head is just looking like the saddest boomer in the world. <laughs> yeah. This is Okay Boomer the song. Yes. Honest. Yeah. Oh my god. And the way it starts is great because she has this cute little lilting melody and she's like, I'm just a little girl. I'm only 17. And it's better than 40. And then the lights yes. change and she starts rocking out and breaking shit. And it's the most stereotypical teen angst song ever. And it's everything. I love it. Oh, this so is such a cheesy yet fun and wonderful musical. Anyway, I'm sorry. So I just listed like three favorite songs. <laughs> Who wants to go? It's next? okay. That's gonna be. That's <laughs> oh, probably gonna be me because I have so many favorites. I think Zydrate Zydrate Anatomy is mine. So <laughs> yeah, that's like. But that's because I'm a basic bitch. <laughs> I also i I do like um the one he sings when he's cutting that guy up in in the fireplace. Oh, oh, um, oh, shoot. 
a thankless job. Yeah, thankless job. I think that one's silly too. There's so many. <laughs> like, it's weird just things. Nathan using a dude as a freaking puppet. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, that, so that part is so funny puppet. to me. Like, <laughs> that's because it is funny. It's comedic gold. They just—I don't know if the guy was fake or not, but I feel like they just had a man move his mouth just slightly, a little bit, and. <laughs> What I assume happened is they probably built, like, a fake body, and, like, he just stuck his head on top of it, and, like, or they had, like, a front where it was just, like, they put a belly on top of his belly that looked all gory and messed up, and then Anthony Stewart had just put his hand up in there. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think you're right, because they do that kind of trick a lot with, you know, gore, um, and other things. Um, I think they actually used that trick for a scene in in Iron Man, I think. He's sitting on the table and Gwyneth Paltrow has to reach her hand into his chest, right? I think they do that trick in that one, too. That I can see great. that. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think of what my favorite... I, I love 21st Century Cure because the Grave Robber's voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just every time oh, that he, he drop goes, note. <laughs> And then the sirens start going off. It's almost yeah. like, shh, please, the cops. That's so good. I do really like Chase the Morning also. Um, this I was thinking is about very different from the stage version, but I like them both. The stage version is a lot more like traditional musical, and this is more like remixed, but I mm-hmm. I like this still. It has like some really, I don't know, it just has a really nice sound to it. Well, two women's voices really complement each other well in that that song and it's kind of nice to hear sarah brightman have that very she's so perfectly cast she's, she has the biggest eyes i've ever seen in a broadway actress and she has this very strange like fluttery voice and it's really it really works well for this gothic character yes yeah mm-hmm. so question have you seen terrence zudich sing live yes <gasps> what's it like he he has done the panty drop note <gasps> Oh my god. Entire public audience. Oh man. And it was quite possibly the most magical moment in my fangirling life. I'm getting like a contact high just talking about it. Right? Like, like this this dude is just he he's just a really cool dude. Yeah, what is he like? Because you've met him three times. Like I, I don't know much about him as a person. I just really like his work. Like, I think at this point. When I show up to things, it's almost like he recognizes me because I've shown up to things enough times. And it's just like, oh, it's you again. Oh, that's wonderful. But it's, he's always just like such a nice, friendly guy. And he, he's so willing to indulge his fans. What is Repo if not indulgence? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> God, I, I, this musical, like, I I will say this is the one we've watched so far that is the most horror, I would say, in that there's a lot of guts, there's a lot of gore. Like, Little Shop had, like, moments of, like, that's a fake leg that they tossed into a giant plant's mouth. Um, Rocky Horror, I can't think of any gore moments, um, except for Eddie, but it is very clearly a dummy. And that is not a derogatory mm-hmm. statement at Meatloaf, it is very clearly a good <laughs> person. <laughs> But this one, like, Anthony Stewart Head cuts a man's stomach open while he's alive and rips out his heart and, like, holds it up to him 
like some sort of poetic Edgar Allan Poe protagonist and says, do you not see your hubris? <laughs> Let, yeah. Let's not forget the lovely bloody spine. Oh, I don't yes. I was, that I was would just look like, but that that's up. not what I thought. Yeah, it looks very rubbery. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you can very clearly see this guy direct did direct a saw movie both because it's got the weird filters again and a lot of gore yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. that's cool i mean don't get me wrong like i have such a respect for this director and i like saw two more than saw one so there's that yeah no i think he legitimately <laughs> d- is the best saw director like i think he has the best understanding of the saw franchise yeah yeah sorry james Wan, i love you but the first saw is not good. <laughs> no. Um, Kelly, I don't think I've ever heard your take. I know this is a little bit of a tangent. What is your take on the Saw movies? Well, honestly, I can't speak too much for them because it's been a while since I've watched any of them. Like, I think the most recent one I've watched is Saw 2 because I love Darren. I, I do too, and it's I struggle so much because I love this movie, and I really admire it for just committing 110% to this creativity and, like, the collaboration that must have happened. I still yeah, haven't definitely. watched a single sum. <laughs> so you're, you, you, could, you just have the good stuff then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I have, I have the knowledge of uh, someone sticking their hand in a shit-filled toilet, and that's all. And that wasn't even him, so you know you're good. Yeah, that was the one that was directed by James Wan, so uh, <laughs> you're fine. The the other one is um the shitty. Oh, uh, he's stuck in a safe. That one, right? Yeah, that, <laughs> that one. Yeah, number two. Yep, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, there's one scene in Zydrate Anatomy where Amber Sweet is like getting her dose of Zydrate. And it's, like, a bunch of cut sequences between, like, her having sex with the grave robber from a cut song and, like, her getting her flesh, like, cut open for surgery. And every time they go to those inserts, like, I have to look away because I'm just so squeamish about, like, that stuff. And it's funny because, like, there's literally a guy ripping a spine out of a man and that doesn't get me. But, like, that one close-up of rubber being, like, cut open and, like, a bunch of fake blood coming out and that does it. Like, ugh. Like, I feel like that song triggers such a weird reaction in me because it's like, oh, it's Terrence's voice. It's a sexy voice. It's a sexy song. But the imagery is just so just viscerally gory that it's like, yeah, should be disturbed by this, not turned on. But, <laughs> but, but there. I'm trying to think because there was an insert shot in that in that scene where I think they there's just like one girl who like sits on Amber Sweet's like lap while to like cut her face off, and yeah. that I latched onto that more than anything else in the rest of the song. Yeah, <laughs> like even the, all of the extras in this movie are just yes super aesthetic. Like they basically just stuck a bunch of S and M gear on people and i kind of love it 
There's one bit that is my favorite with the chorus where um, they're trying to get Nathan to um, remember who he is as a repo man and kill this yes. guy. And there's a part where he goes, uh, tell me, doctor, what's his prognosis? Will he live? And then it cuts to two chorus members in like Matrix gear plus fishnets. And they're like holding giant shotguns and then they click the shotguns to the beat when they go doubtful. <laughs> it's my favorite. So perfect. Uh, I love it. I okay, I honestly I loved I loved those two guards because of their outfits so much. Like the fishnets plus like the shorts plus like the businessman, like the blazer and the sunglasses. Yeah, it's like business from the waist up and then Rocky Horror from the waist down. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. And so, then and then you have like the nurses who are wearing like those weird red visors over their faces. Yes. And, and d- during that song that you just mentioned where like they're like they're like on the ground pointing their knives at, at Nathan is super funny. <laughs> but like oh, yes. I love that. So, Callie, as a professional costumer, can you tell us our prognosis for Repo's costume design? Will it live? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say doubtful, because I do enjoy the costumes in this film so much. Yes. Like, you can really tell with the costumes. And I'm going to go on a costume tangent for a minute, because you basically just invited me to. So, for one, all of Mag's costumes are just exquisite aesthetically like just all of the feathers the lace the corsetry all of it is just beautiful and then you turn and see amber and amber is just like a downgrade version of mag that's basically just a mini me wannabe and it's like okay no like Amber's aesthetic is okay. Like, it's not bad. Like, it still looks good, but it just does not compare to Mag's. Mm -hmm. And then you have the Marie Antoinette dress, which is... The one her face falls (laughs) off in. Yeah. It has my favorite singing that Paris Hilton does, because I have no idea what she's doing. She just goes like, oh, 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 and then her face falls off. Yeah. She's like doing her, this stupid her terrible twirl. attempt at opera. She's like twirling around and then her face flies off like a frisbee. <laughs> and Paris Hilton, I don't know if like why, but she doesn't emote that much. Like her eyes don't widen in horror and she doesn't like scream or anything. She just looks like, oh shit. Like it's like her boob fell out. And she's like, oh, really? Damn it. <laughs> like her reaction is like it's not even that embarrassing, but like if my face fell off in the middle of a performance of something, I would be screaming, like, what the hell? I mean, maybe it's happened to her before. What do we know? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, she true. is on, on some pretty heavy drugs, so. That's also true. Whoa, my face is off. <laughs> they took my face off. I'm doing a face-off reference. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> Callie, back to your rant. I love it. <laughs> Deeper into the rabbit hole, I die every time I see the furs that Grave Robber is wearing. Like, it's like raccoon fur or some <laughs> shit, some kind of roadkill. He's a possum. But somehow, aesthetically, <laughs> it's just still attractive, and I yeah. don't understand it. I mean, a man in furs, what can you do? Like, it's just, 
it's I think it's that wild garbage man aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They get you every time, those garbage men. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he does have that scene where he's just riding on a garbage truck. Where, like, yeah. Paris Hilton I mean, yeah. throws money at him and he's in his garbage can, like, go away. I want to stay in my trash. <laughs> I'm the trash man. <laughs> also, come out and throw Zydrate um... all over the streets. And then I start helping Shiloh. <laughs> I mean, can we take a second and discuss the fact that in the deleted scenes, there's an entire song that Amber sings about Grave Robber not being able to get it up because he's not fucking a dead body. Yes! Oh my, oh my god. god. And it's like blood rain in an alleyway. And then she like ties him up and leaves him, doesn't she? Yeah, if I remember right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they cut that. Because then Shiloh finds him and she's like, what the hell? And he's like, I don't know, man. I don't know, help me down. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, it's so Also, good. he... With Nathan, with the Repo Man, just the entire Repo Man uniform is kind of just really just aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. yeah. Then you watch Shiloh sh- like freaking throw the helmet at him. Dad, I like, hate you. Go and die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that moment in the song is just, again, it's just so, so nakedly good. like teen angst. Uh, I have definitely had moments like that in my teenhood. Like, honestly, I I know that it's melodramatic, but, like, Shiloh's whole arc is so relatable to me. I'm like, oh, yep, I was there once. Oh, for sure. I think especially since I was also very chronically ill growing up, it was very much a... I resonate with this character. Like, this character makes a lot of sense to me. But now, looking back as an adult, while it still makes sense, it's just, you're just a whiny little brat. Like, you have the problem. That's not the problem here. But you're going about it all wrong. You're whining a hell of a lot right now. Oh, yeah. And, like, the thing that's interesting about Shiloh and Nathan's relationship is it is very clear and not... It's not downplayed at all that he he messed up her life. He even says, like, I... I ruined your life. I should I should be the one to pay. And then Shiloh, I kind of love her final song because it's like all these things happen, but I, I still do care about you. But your choices don't determine mine. It's up to me. And it's kind of hopeful despite I have no idea what the hell happens to her after that. Maybe she goes to Canada and things are like way chiller there. <laughs> yeah, the, the ending of this movie is so open-ended that like I find it feasible to have a sequel and yet it doesn't. So, like, yeah. what's up mm-hmm. with that, Terrence? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of cool, because I think, like, in a way, like, it's... I would say it's a happy ending for her character arc. Um, but, like, you know, the world she lives in is still shit. But it still leaves you with that feeling of satisfaction. Of, like, okay, she's in a good place now. It satisfies the central problem and conflict while kind of leaving it open-ended for a future conflict which is what i think a good story does is it it comes to a satisfying end while almost leaving you wanting more but not like in a way where it's like a cliffhanger of like if you don't get a sequel then it's just a bad movie like i'm trying to think 
like the mummy movie with tom cruise like that's a bad movie because it doesn't make sense without a dark universe yeah Mm, yeah like i feel like this movie does succeed on its own it's just that i want more (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean oh yeah i would definitely love more um it is So it is also, it's interesting watching this during a pandemic because it makes, uh, I don't know, it makes you see everything a little bit differently. Like, not that I think our world could ever get to, like, this level of capitalist insanity, but, like, at the same time, it kind of has. I was going to yeah, say, that's me like, knocking on wood because I don't trust it. Our healthcare system yeah. sucks. And the idea of somebody, like, making you pay to rent organs is both so ridiculous, but yet also plausible, because, like, our society is just so hell-bent on making people pay for healthcare. Mm-hmm. Like, insane amounts. And, like, granted, like, a lot of the people in this movie were mostly using it for cosmetic stuff, but, like... I'm sure there were some people who really needed it. Like, I mentioned while we were watching this movie, it's like, oh, man, I would, I would do a lot for a new colon like that would help take care of a lot of my chronic illness problems mm-hmm. um but i wouldn't want to make monthly payments for it and have someone come rip it out of me <laughs> that would suck if i miss a payment yeah. but like yeah. it is i'm not going to get too well, i i mean yeah why not i'm going to get political i do think it is a very good metaphor for our healthcare system because like don't you have to do i I'm still lucky that I'm in my parents' health insurance, but, like, eventually you do have to start making payments, and if you can't make those payments and you go to the hospital, then they're just, you know, you're fucked. Yeah. Well, even, like, if you depend on, I guess, like, in a way, like, even if you don't depend on organs, if you depend on medication, then, like, like, my medication is, like, $2,000 a month if I don't have insurance, so, you know, that's a really big problem for someone who can't afford that. And is yeah. just out of luck. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have heard the origin of Repo and how it began. Like, how the script for the stage play ended up being written. No. Inform but, me, please. So, um, the co-writer of the play, Darren Smith, had a friend who went bankrupt and everything he owned was being foreclosed upon. And that is what inspired Darren to start writing this story. Because he saw the horrible things that was happening to his friend when he was being foreclosed upon by the banks and having everything he owned stripped away from him. Damn. That's why, uh, this time, usually I, I think in my head that Shiloh goes off and does whatever the fuck she wants and kind of removes herself from the situation, but in this 2020, it's time to get active mentality, I am thinking that she decided, I'm not gonna play by the rules of the system to defeat the system, I'm gonna defeat the system from outside the system, and she's gonna start unionizing all those people on the streets, and with the grave robber's help, like, get everybody to rebel against Gene Co. and, like, take that down and figure out a better way to live in the society because the youth the youth are goddamn tired of this bullshit and they're gonna do what we can to make a better world god damn it hell yeah that's that, my new that honestly canon. sounds like a fan fiction i've read within the repo community actually i'm not saying you need to send it to me but i am <laughs> if i find it i'll send it to you 
I mean, the last song is called Genetic Liberation. What else am I supposed to do other than say Viva la Resistance, Shiloh? Yeah. Also, speaking of repo fanfiction, I'm going to admit this very embarrassing fact. I have written repo fanfiction. Oh, heck yeah. I respect you so much. Absolute garbage that I wrote when I was 15. It's better than 40. Thank God. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Especially, like, people who write fanfic for small fandoms are saints. Yes! Like, I think the last time I touched this fanfiction, I was 15. That was nine years ago. Someone recently favorited it, like, two weeks ago. And I had forgotten I'd ever even written it. That's beautiful. I kind of love that. I See, I feel bad whenever people, like, have to feel, like, embarrassed that they write fanfiction. Because, like, every time someone's admitted that they've wrote something, it's never something that I'm like, ooh. Because uh. it's never, like, incest or, like, weird stuff. It's always just wholesome and, like, awesome and an expression of love, and I love it. Yeah, I think the main big yikes with what looking back on what I wrote was age differences. Because a 15-year-old does not think about the age difference between a 17-year-old and a 26-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But outside of that, it wasn't too egregiously bad. Look, my fantasy man lived in the basement of an opera house illegally and extorted people for money <laughs> and had a weird-ass face. So I am not here to judge anyone. I am here to ask forgiveness for my phantom of the opera cringe. Well, well, now thinking back on it, I guess my interest in Grave Robber wasn't so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I deserve the shame. Come on, pile it on. Pile it on. Hit me. Hey. I love you. The Phantom of the Opera brought up memories when Amber has like the surgery that's like horrendous and hideous, and then like it reveals, and I guess Paris Hilton doesn't like prosthetics because it is not that bad. It's like the Phantom of the Opera movie where like one side of her face is kind of mismatched to the other one, and maybe yeah. she like was out in the sun too long, and there's like one scar that is kind of like nasty, but it's on like the Rough. lower side of her jaw, so it's not like it's like it's. Like, she's like, I'm hideous, and Robbie, rot, not, I almost said Robbie Rotten, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a different movie. Rotty Largo. He would actually kill that role, I believe that. Oh, God. Um, But Rotty starts, like, vomiting, and he's, like, choking because she's so ugly, and I'm like, get over it, man. She's fine. She doesn't look that bad at all. I've seen- Yeah, she looks like like, she has a sunburn. mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen, like, worse- I mean, you see her after her face falls off at the end, and it's, like, 12 <laughs> times worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like, she she even, like, doesn't look that bad either when her face falls off, because you can tell it's just, like, they drew on her face. With some yeah, I was about to say, yeah. it looks like someone <laughs> tossed a plate of spaghetti in her face, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is part of the charm, is it not? Yeah, it, it no, I, I love it. Like, I, you know, I'm not gonna be harsh on the special effects because this was obviously a pretty low budget movie and I think they did a really good job with what they have mm-hmm. and the performances yeah. just sell it like even if you know they rip out a spine and it looks nothing like a real spine in Anthony Stewart's head's mind like in his mind it is a spine and like he sells it so that 
kind of helps me believe it. In addition yeah. to yeah. the Rocky Horror Picture Show clip, I do encourage people to watch uh, Once More with Feeling, the Buffy musical, because he also does a phenomenal mm-hmm. performance uh, in that sh- show slash musical. Yes. I love Giles. Uh, yeah. I was so worried that when we were watching or talking about it, the joke is that, look, I attached to Buffy at a very young age, so, like, I'll always kind of see Anthony Stewart head as, like, a father figure, but here's the thing. I do acknowledge he is an attractive man. And he has a commanding presence and a good voice. So naturally, a lot of people find him cute. So when they bring that up, it's it's very weird for me because I still see him as like a father figure. And I'm just like, that's my dad. No. But I get it. Like, I I, I understand. Like, he's, he's a talented man who can do yeah. anything. Uh, well... Um, um, do you guys have any last thoughts? Um, if we want to watch Devil's Carnival, I would be down for that because I love that one too. So oh, good. I am so down for that. Yes, maybe we'll have to do that at some time. Yeah, that would. Callie, when you see Terran Zudage again, because I assume you will, tell him <laughs> I love him and I will support whatever he makes. I will absolutely tell him if I ever see him again. Ooh. If slash one. Yeah. Please ask him if he's hiring. Oh, mood. I <laughs> honestly, if he him. is, I would love to be hired too. That is the dream, honestly. Yeah. I will make blood. I will make fake blood with my bare hands. And yes. smear <laughs> it on the actors' faces. Taryn Zudich, if you're a- listening to this, I can sing, I can act, I can... Rip off my face on command, should you so desire. Please hire me. One more quick fun fact I'd like to share with you guys yes. about Terran Sadunich. Yes. I'm smithing this last name too. God damn it. But yes. In, in 2008, Terran Sadunich won the award for Scary Stud of the Year. <gasps> oh my god. And he deserves <laughs> it. First of all, I'm amazed that that is a thing. Second of all, <laughs> yeah, he absolutely deserves that. Yes. Honestly, yeah. Like, I'm gonna reiterate, Terrence, if you're listening, I think all of us can agree we love you and would love to work for you. Please. Yes. Give me a job, please. I will sing for you. (laughs) That's not my real singing voice. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Uh, Okay, thank you so much for joining us, Callie. It was really fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've I've really enjoyed this. I've missed people, and I've missed being a nerd with people. Yes. Same. If you ever want to talk about costumes some more, feel free to... I mean, you can do that anytime you want to. Just, like, (laughs) hit me up. But if you ever want to come back on our podcast, you are always welcome. Hell yeah. Goth opera blood saga. What are you gonna do? Callie, do you have anything that you want to promote? Any social media or projects or anything? Um, at the moment I'm translating a French rock opera into English, but <gasps> that otherwise... Okay! <laughs> but, um, I think I'm gonna start posting some progress of that at my Instagram at CallieCat0615 That's C-A-L-L-I-E-C-A-T 0615. That sounds incredible. I'm definitely looking forward to that. It is 
a long and grueling process, but it will <laughs> yeah, be worth I can it. Imagine. The end. <laughs> All right, um, you can find Netflix and Kill on Twitter at Netflix underscore in, is in the letter in underscore kill. Go check out our network, Lunar Light Studio, at Lunar Light HQ on Twitter or lunarlightstudio.com. My personal Twitter is Kai the Jedi, spelled K Y the Jedi. Um, you can find me at Frosty the R Zero Bot on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Hannah V Boyens on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, I've been posting a lot of information about where you can donate for the Black Lives Matter movement and petitions you can sign to support people who have been um, hurt by the establishment of both the police industrial complex and our own government. So please just remember to stay educated with what's going on and do everything in your power to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Yes. Yes. 100%. Uh, I'm going to keep some links in our show notes to places you can go donate and resources you can look into, so please check that out. What else? What else? Oh, okay. I'm going to, while we're here, I'm going to promote a couple shows on Lunar Light Studios. First one is called Artificial Ghost Radio. Artificial Ghost Radio takes a look at music, meaning, and memory, trying to find what makes hosts Miles and Mars so drawn to songs they love and what makes music so special. Each week, they challenge each other to find songs fitting a certain theme. Um, This most recent episode was Songs to Defund the Police 2, which totally rocked. Highly Mm -hmm. recommend. Um, They also spin the Wheel of Discord, (laughs) where they shuffle their music and talk about the first song that comes up, which is super awesome. Nice. The other podcast I would like to tell you about is the Trans Questioning Podcast, where host Sarah Zedig talks about what it means to be transgender, usually with various guests. She's had people from our own network on, such as Haley Rose, and it's just a really good resource and um, really good conversations. So if you haven't already, please check that out. All right. Oh, what's a good quote from this movie to go out on? There's too many. Graves! Graves! <laughs> oh, so good. Perfect. <laughs>